Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. We hope it encourages you to live and love like Jesus. Hello, friends. So sorry that I can't be with you in worship today. Uh, we had a great Thanksgiving trip, and within two days of getting back, uh, I became ill, and I've just stayed ill all week. So I'm glad you're here in worship, and I'm glad to be here with you virtually in worship together. So I'm going to read from the Gospel of Mark, uh, the first chapter, verses 1 through 11, and uh, I'll invite you to listen for the word of the Lord. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance and the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptized by John in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we start a new series today, friends. Christmas at home. When we think of Christmas, we often think the association we have is home somehow, the home we grew up in, the home we have now, our grandparents' home, a friend's home, some kind of home. And often we think about wanting to go home or have people come home. One of the best known secular Christmas songs, of course, is I'll Be Home for Christmas. Well, the idea of this is based on a book, Christmas in the Four Gospel Homes by Cynthia Campbell. It's a great book. I'd recommend you look it up, buy it. It's a small book. It doesn't take a long time to read, but it's a really, really interesting way to approach this. You see, we know that the four Gospels all tell the story of Jesus in different ways. They tell stories slightly differently, but it's the same meaning. It's the same point, just they tell it in their own way. Well, that's certainly true of the Christmas narrative. Because when we think of the Christmas story, what we usually really think about is kind of a mashup of all the parts of the story. I mean, we love the, the, the image of angels singing to shepherds while they watch their flock by night. But that only occurs in the Gospel of Luke, nowhere else. Or, or the regal, royal nature of the Magi who, who go to visit the baby Jesus bearing gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's only in Matthew. But we tend to put them all together. This book takes them and separates them and says, so what is each gospel? How would you describe each gospel's story of the birth of Jesus? And then it imagines. So what if a home were designed based on the, the nature of the way that gospel tells the story of Jesus' birth. And so you have four gospel homes at Christmas. 
know, our, our decorating these days, of course, is uh, often kind of over the top, right? <laughs> um, uh, I'm not criticizing, I'm just describing. I, I mean, I know there are folks that have multiple Christmas trees in their homes. Uh, people who have Christmas art so that they, during the season, they take down their art that's up, you know, the rest of the year and they put up this art that is Christmas themed or winter themed. Um, you know, we, we kind of, we wear, we wear the sweaters, we have all the coffee mugs and the, and, and the special plates and the platters and we kind of go really overboard, don't we? Very elaborate. Well, certainly it used to not be that way, and really this this kind of change uh, really only began to take place um, with uh, a couple hundred years ago, and that was when wealthy uh, Europe, Western Europeaners moved, especially to New York, and they they decorated the outside of their homes, and people were like, "Wow, we ought to do that too." That's where that started. The gift giving that we do, all the extravagant buying and everything, that really came later. But you go back to the Puritans. The Puritans were those folks from England who uh, were tired of having to worship the way the Church of England or the Anglican Church told them they had to worship. They wanted to do things their way. And so, so they came to the shores here, right to Plymouth, Massachusetts. Do you know they actually had laws against celebrating Christmas? That's right. Some of the earliest Christian folks on these lands had rules, laws against celebrating Christmas because to them, that was a distraction. It was a distraction. I mean, all, all the excess and everything, nope, nope, that just distracts you from what you really need to know, the essentials. They might have gotten their inspiration from the Gospel of Mark. I mean, Mark's Gospel home is the tiny house. It's the tiny house. Biblical scholars believe Mark is the oldest gospel. Yes, Matthew comes before it in the Bible. But remember, the Bible, all these books of the Bible were, were, were independent writings. And so there were, there were groups of people over time who compiled all that into the Bible. And, they, and the decision was to put Matthew first, probably because it mentioned the genealogy of Jesus and the birth of Jesus, whereas Mark does not. Mark does not. He gets right to the point. The point is Jesus, the Son of God, comes into the world to inaugurate the kingdom of God on earth. That's the point of the gospel. Don't get distracted, Mark might say, with the birth narrative. For Mark, there would be no effort at Christmas decorations. His, his home would still would just be kind of the home. Might have a wreath on the front door. Might have a Christmas coffee mug. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't do anything. He would not be making fudge or putting up Christmas decorations or wearing Christmas sweaters. Only the essentials for the Gospel of Mark. One of the ways we decorate at the church is we will have a Christmas tree. Churches around the country have Christmas trees at Christmas. So a Christmas means Christ monogram. Christ monogram. And this, this really started in the 1950s. Where, well, let me read the description on the United Methodist website. Traditionally, the decorations are white and gold designs made from Christian symbols that signify Christ, often displayed on an evergreen tree during the Christmas season. Symbols such as stars, crosses, fish, 
crowns and the Alpha and Omega reminds us of Christ's identity, his story, and of the Holy Trinity. See, the, the chrismons themselves are simple but elegant decorations that are intended to tell the whole story of Christ, not simply his birth, the whole identity, the meaning, the purpose of Jesus. Now, you might notice in the room, if you're worshiping in the room right now, there's not a lot of decorating done yet. That's intentional we, because we were going to talk about the Gospel of Mark today. But then also later in the service, probably at the end of the service, you'll have opportunity to go and put chrismons on the tree to participate in our remembering the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus as we hang the chrismons and other decorations on the tree. So Mark's house would be a tiny house. It'd be a tiny house. This idea these days is kind of a fad, right? There are hotels that are all, it's made up completely of tiny houses. Uh, I hear, of, I, I'll see advertisements of retreats out in the woods, away from the city, disconnect from everything. And you go out there and it's a tiny house. There are people who take shipping containers and turn those into tiny houses. I mean, the picture you're looking at here is the, the tiny home village in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And that's where people who were previously homeless uh, have gone through the process to qualify to live in these tiny homes. Tiny homes are essential, right? They are essential shelter. It's a roof over your head, a door you can lock, indoor plumbing. They're essential. There's no fluff to them. But generally, they're also transitional, aren't they? I mean, if you're going to one of those retreats out in the woods for a weekend or whether you're going to live in a tiny house for a year or two, probably not going to stay there forever. It's probably not your forever home. It's a transition to the next thing. Mark begins his account about Jesus by talking about John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Talk about transitional. That's exactly what he was. He was the herald that goes before the king announcing that the king is coming. Now, his job was to announce. John's job was to announce, to announce the plans of God that had been promised in the prophet Isaiah. Some even refer to Isaiah as the fifth gospel, even though it's in the Old Testament, but it doesn't name Jesus. But, but man, when you see how the gospels unfold and then you read Isaiah, you, you can kind of draw a direct line from Isaiah to the gospels. And it was very clear in the reading I did just a little bit ago that he is talking about what is fulfilled from the prophet Isaiah. So John was to announce that. John was to announce that the one had come into the world to change the world. Jesus. He's saying, he's here. It's happening. And he had, his job was to announce that people are to respond to this good news of Jesus Christ with changed lives. That's what repent means. Uh, my old self becomes a new self. My old way becomes a new way. My life was oriented and aligned in one direction. Now it needs to be oriented and aligned in a different direction. That we respond to the good news with changing our lives. Now while the Gospel of Mark does not include any kind of birth narrative, there are three times that Jesus is referred to as God's Son. 
One of them was right there in chapter 1, verse 11, right? After the baptism, coming out of the water, saw the heavens torn apart. The, a dove descends. The presence of God descends like a dove. And the voice that says, this is my son. In him I am well pleased. In chapter 9, Jesus takes his disciples, Peter, James, and John, up on a high mountain to pray. This is the transfiguration story. And while they're up there, to the disciples' amazement, they see Jesus in dazzling white, and accompanying him are Moses and Elijah, the fulfillment of the law and the prophets and Jesus. And the voice of God comes from the heavens and says, This is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And then in chapter 15, Jesus has been crucified on the cross. He has breathed his last, and his body is still on the cross. And a Roman centurion, a Roman soldier, looks up at him and says, Surely this man was the Son of God. This is the good news of Mark. No distractions, no sentimentality, no excess celebrations. Straightforward. Just the facts. Essential. That's what Mark does. Jesus is the Son of God who came that we might have life. Life. Not just, not just life in the hereafter, but life starting now. That the kingdom of God has started now. So maybe a simple Christmas would be good for you this year. I know it's kind of late. Some of you have already done all the Christmas things, but... Find ways, maybe, to make it simple. Instead of a lot of gift-giving, gift-purchasing, maybe, especially for people who have a lot of stuff, maybe make a donation to, well, to the church. Make a donation to Community Lifeline Center. Make a donation to whatever charity it is in honor of that person and tell that person, I love you so much that I wanted to see about making somebody else's life better in your honor. That might be a cool way to do that. Maybe, if you haven't done it already, keep decorations simple this time. Maybe just utilize those things that really have special meaning. And if you've already decorated, that's okay. But just find a way to really focus on the ones that really have a special meaning. It's not just because they're pretty. But they're really, really special. Maybe, well, make a list and check it twice of the ways you are working to change your life, to repent, to more and more align your life to live and love like Jesus. That's the point that Mark would tell us if he were telling of Jesus in his tiny home. Let's pray. God, we're grateful for the good news of Jesus for the good news that you stepped into this world in which we live to bring the, the power and the grace and the love and the forgiveness and the compassion of Jesus into a world that desperately needs it. May we more and more align our lives to conform with that life so that we can glorify you in all that we say and do and give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Stonebridge United Methodist Church. You are invited to worship with us every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. 
For more information, visit our website, mysumc.org. Have a blessed day.